podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. For time limited, prices and participation can vary. Valid for a product of equal or lesser value. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Fatback Four Daily. This is your Thursday night. Um, this show tonight is player bingo, and the way it's going to work is you are going to throw names at us. We're going to give you your opinion on them players, past or present Liverpool players. It can be players from any other club if you want as well. Um, we're not going to tie you down and restrict you tonight. With me tonight is going to be Grizz and Keith, and they are going to give all the reaction and all the all the reaction to every name you throw in there, or as many as possible. Also, on top of that, if you have any random questions, you can throw them in, and we'll mix them into the show as we go. <laughs> And here we go. Um, the, the chat is open, and I have to be honest with you, they're absolutely flying in already. Grizz, I'm going to come to you first, if that's okay. And I'm going to shout at you, Bolo Zenden. Bolo. <laughs> Bolo Zenden. Remind me again where he came from. He came from... Uh, I think he, went, I think he, he was he was Dutch. He was with Middlesbrough, and he was with Chelsea, and Liverpool signed him on a no, free transfer. Where, no, where did he come from? Like, I know who he was and everything. I mean, which club did we sign him from? Gav. I, I think he may have been with... He came from Middlesbrough. I think he may have been with Middlesbrough, and then he... So he came directly from Middlesbrough, right? On a free, yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, he was one of those free transfers that just played like a free transfer. In the end, was neither a bad signing or a good signing. Look, he had his moments. He was technically gifted, as most Dutch players were. I just never thought... I just never thought of him as an impact player. There was no sort of, you know, I always was frustrated with Zenden, you know, worked hard tirelessly. You know, there was just no sort of penetration or end product with him. I always found him to be just slightly below pace, always, always, always below pace. And I know pace isn't everything, but, you know, in that team under Rafa, you know, power and pace was, was uh, a must for most of the players. And that's why, I was surprised when he when he signed him, but um, yeah, I think I, th- I don't I don't I don't have any bad memories per se of him, but not many fond memories, which is not a good sign, is it? When you haven't got any outstanding memories of a player, it's not a good sign. Keith, for me, when the name Bolo's ending threw up here um, on the screen straight away, like literally, I, I had the intro out of the way, and Bolo's ending arrived on the screen. 
I remember, like, he was a free transfer, and you thought, yeah, not a bad player. It might be a good squad player, but he he got an awful lot of um, he got an awful lot of not abuse, but kind of negative um press from from Liverpool fans in the early days of his Liverpool career. I think he scores a home to West Ham and cups his ear to the cup uh, after scoring. But what did you make of him? Yeah, I was uh, I was excited enough about him when we signed him. To be honest, um, but the fact that it was was it a Bosman we got him on, and I thought good squad player. Um, he had a good pedigree behind him. PSV Barcelona. I think was he at Chelsea before? Yeah, I think he went Chelsea from Barcelona and spread then down to ourselves. Like so, he was good, but he just played with injuries. I think that's the the overlying thing with Bolo's ending for me was constantly injured. You know, I think he, he only played a handful of games for us in two years. But he did score the penalty in the shootout against Chelsea. So I think that's my question. I was just gonna say I was just gonna say his his penalty shootout uh, his penalty in the shootout was for me probably the standout. One of the one of the problems with Zenden I found, I don't know about you guys, I don't think we actually ever or 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 Rafa actually found out where his best position was for for us. You know, sometimes yeah. you know, sometimes on the flank, sometimes as a second striker, and sometimes even in central. Yeah, because he was traditionally up. a winger, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he was traditionally the- a left winger, wasn't he? And um, yeah, and they looked to move him centrally. He did play more central then in his career. I suppose it's maybe it's a Dutch trait that players sort of can adapt and play different positions. But yeah, we looked to play him in the centre as well. Yeah. So you're right. You're right. The, the clubs that you've ne- mentioned that you played for. You know, what a tremendous list. And it was much more, you know, he was much younger and much more uh, quicker. And he played, and he, he, made his, yeah. he made his name on the flanks. But then, but then, you know, by the time you reach Middlesbrough, you know, they, I, I'm not sure if they had Mendieta at the same time, um, you know, who was a, an aging Spanish maestro of a player as well. But then his pace had gone by then as well. I think Zenden falls into that yeah. category where, you know, the pace goes and he decides to rely on his technique and sort of, you know, play centrally. But I don't think he was suited to the Rafa system at all. Okay, that's Bolo Zenden. Um, I thought I was going to finish a point, but we'll use who we're talking about him there. Um, right, people are going to have to be clever about this because the names names are flying in and they go on the screen, then they go off the screen. So you have to time it right around when you think we're about to finish about one player, lash a name in. So Danny Emery has done quite well on that score and he's thrown in Yossi Ben Ayun. Now I'm going to go first on Yossi. Um, Players in players in the cup final against Liverpool, I think in 2006 for West Ham. I was delighted when we signed this fella. I thought, yeah, tricky, um, good player, good eye for a pass, really intelligent footballer. And I was dying to see him at Liverpool. I don't think he reached the heights. Um, he could have at Liverpool, but he one of the best memories for me um, in a long time uh, uh, when he done this uh, at Liverpool was... 2008, 08-09 away at Fulham, and he scores in the last minute to give us yes. a win. I think it might have been the same day yeah. that the Aintree Grand National was on, and uh, the place went fucking mental. We, I, I was well in the belief that we were going on to win the league that year, but Yossi Benayoun, for me, was a fabulous footballer. Didn't hit the heights at Liverpool that I thought he would, but I always enjoyed watching him play. Keith, for you, what was he like? Oh, I loved him. Absolutely loved Yossi Benayoun. In fact, I think Yossi Benayoun for us was what Rafa might have thought Zenden could have been. You know what I mean? He was a slight player. He was um, 
played out wide but wasn't really a winger and looked to get him centrally as much as possible. But I thought he had a, he had a good good impact, certainly in this sort of 08-09. I thought he was a great um, squad player at that, that, that time. I thought he always made an impact, looked to get on the ball. I thought he was a, a nice little career at Liverpool. What was he with us, three years? Something like that? Three, four years? Yeah, I think it was something like that. I, I remember him in 08-09. And then I think he made it one more season and then he's gone. If I remember rightly, like Barry Carr says, Yossi for me, out of all his goals, he really saved scoring for big moments. He did. He nearly had his head taken off yeah. in the four-all draw against Arsenal in 0809 as well. Grizz, another one for, for you. Um, he puts a brilliant true ball through to Torres, I think, against, it is Torres against United uh, Anfield for the winning goal. Brilliant, brilliant pass. What was your thoughts on Yossi Ben Do you know what? At the time, okay, you know, his hindsight's a wonderful thing. Mm. At the time, I thought he was underwhelming, right, overall. But looking back, I think he was slightly underrated. I think his time at our club was slightly underrated. As Keith says, he always made an impact, which is a sign of a good player. I have memories of him, which is another criteria that we've used already. You have to have fond <laughs> memories of a player to remember him. And, you know, the, the, the standout is the Fulham game, without, without that shadow of a doubt. But again, in a lot of games, against even against Arsenal, I remember, yep, the link up with Torres, of course, the famous, of course, the famous link up of that time was Torres and Gerard. But uh, Ben Ayun had a certain understanding with them as well, and uh, very technical player, very quick, nimble on his feet, very intelligent, very intelligent footballer. The only, only slight for me was his finishing. I just don't think he had a powerful enough shot at the end of everything. The build-up play was there. Everything was there. Just, you know, maybe his output could have been better. But, yeah, uh, fond memories of Ben Ayew. And, you know, something uh, Barry Devaney points out, he also gets the winning goal um, away at Real Madrid at the Bornebeu in... Um, yeah. In... Oh, what year was he that? He does indeed. Oh, wait, oh, nine. He does it. Yeah, he does it just before we go to Old Trafford and beat, Un- beat United. He gets the header, doesn't he? We beat United at Old Trafford, then we beat Real 4-0 in the second leg. So he also gets the winner there. Um, right, here's one for you, Dylan Shouts out. Keith, uh, Grace, I'll let you go first on this one. Lazar Markovic. Yeah, pass. Why? No, I mean, I mean, Laz- <laughs> look, Lazar Markovic. Um, all right, okay. This is one of the uh, ones that I'll hold my hands up and I got very badly, badly wrong. Yeah. We signed the guy. We we signed the guy as a, a teenager, I believe, nineteen, possibly eighteen. I can't remember exactly. Um, oh yeah. Very very good uh, reports as a youth player. Uh, done was you know you know looked the part. We thought I I really thought wow this is one of those. All right, I'm going to say it, but you know hey we all get things wrong and you've got to be brave enough and man enough to admit it. Right. I really thought. This was on the Cristiano Ronaldo levels of signing a player that's going to go on to become great. Um, he had, it seemed like he had it all. You know, whatever the reasons, and you know, if you if you if you believe football Twitter, uh, LFC Twitter mainly, you know, it's it, apparently Brendan Rodgers ruined him. Brendan Rodgers didn't help his career. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But to blame one coach amongst Probably 15 he's had throughout his career is ridiculous, ridiculous shout. Uh, I just don't think the guy had. I don't think he had the the the. 
I'm just going to say, I don't think he had the balls to become a top-level professional. You know, technique isn't everything. I've said this, so I've had this argument with so many, play, so many people, you know, in the past. Technique isn't everything. Looking pretty on the ball isn't everything. There are so many different, you know, attributes to be a top world-class player. And I just don't think he was mentally strong enough to become, unfortunately, what his talent uh, should have taken him to, you know, uh, when, when we, we first set eyes on him. I, I think that's a really fair point with regards to mentality. Barry Carr says we go down to 10 against Basel and we go out. If he stays on, we probably go on to win and he possibly kicks on from there. Look, Keith, well, Lazar Markovic was rumoured to be joining us and I think Chelsea might have had an option on him. And Yeah. Um, he was he, he was, was probably a deal yeah he was probably one of the first players that I actually did go and watch YouTube to see what he's about and when you watch the highlights on YouTube you thought this fella's unbelievable Um, I do get what Grizz says with regards to Brendan Rodgers I think he ends up playing him right or left wing back it might have been right wing back he hits a brilliant volley away at Sunderland um, that if it goes in you, you never know what happens but I, you know, he showed flashes. I remember him playing, I think it was Bolton in the FA Cup when he actually drew at Anfield and won the replay. And he, he's, he's really, really good that day. But he's been on enough clubs now where it just doesn't work for him. I don't, think, I don't think mentally he has it to be a top footballer. Has he got the technique? He probably does. He had pace. He was quite powerful. He denied for a goal. He denied for a shot on goal anyway. He was a good dribbler. He had a, he had a lot of stuff going for him, but it just did not work. When he signed out, Keith, were you, were you where Grizz was, where you thought this is a brilliant signing? 20 million seems a lot for a young player, but, you know, it's, it's, um, is it one way you thought, oh, it's going to be great, and then it just fell flat in his face? I was, yeah, I was, I was well on the hype train with Markovic, to be honest, back then. I thought, you know, he was an exciting young player from Benfica. Do you know, he, he, I know I said Chelsea had a link with Partizan Belgrade, but I think they had an option on him, like a personal thing with him from when he was coming through at Partizan. But when he was at Benfica, he was playing well. And I do agree, you know, he didn't have the mentality maybe to make it. But I also think Rodgers didn't help him. And I don't know if it was a case of using I don't know where he stands in the Rogers or transfer committee signing. I'd imagine he was a transfer committee one. But I don't think Rogers um really gave him a chance those games. I thought he played well and then would be hooked off or wouldn't get a start then for two or three after that. And you don't know what happens in training. But I just felt maybe if he had if we had got a nineteen or twenty year old Markovic on that clop, we might have seen a different um I'm not different sure. I'm a different product, and I know that's. It, I, I hear what you're saying, Grizz, and I know Gav, you'll probably agree with Grizz on that. The mentality thing was his mentality is his mentality, but I just think there was too much hype about him. And if if let's say, but what I'm saying on that Klopp, if Klopp signed him for twenty million, we wouldn't see him for six months. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He, yeah. Given the time to to adapt and to maybe build up a bit of strength and a bit of the mental side of it that he didn't have and he was thrown in straight away because we were a basket case back then he was thrown in and he, he was then the force from thrown under the bus I felt but the reason, you know he hasn't well, proved anything since he left to, well, to say that I'm right you know what I mean in, so I'll put me in fairness he probably gets two three pre-seasons under Klopp yeah that's and, exactly what I'm, oh yeah you yeah. know like it's not like Klopp turns up and he's wasted and he's gone you know, when he doesn't get a chance. Klopp, Klopp was, gets two I or three looks at him. I think he was a bust 
Then. Yeah, I think he's a boss to close at that stage. He is. But that's, and, and, and that's, that's, my, that's the point about his mentality, you see, uh, Keith. Oh, I yeah, yeah. No, I, I do agree there, like that. It, you know, he maybe needed a stronger um, mentality to, to survive. But what I'm saying is, if Klopp signed the player and would give him that time and would give him that, whereas when he'd come in for pre season and you see what all the loan players, they'll come in and they'll just be in and they're waiting to go. Do you know what the, I mean? Like the, they're not given that. Or not that they're not given. They're not clock players. They're not. The problem players is the problem with that theory is Keith. Right? Is you had players already there and are still there that are not clock players. Klopp's the Klopp is the type of coach, the type of man. Oh, yeah. You know, goes in and oh, yeah, he assesses and he starts everyone with a clean slate. And so, oh, yeah, therefore, yeah. for him to get rid of Markovic. Um, Sacco, um, Balotelli straight away, you know, it just shows you there was something wrong in training, the, whether it's ability, motivation, mentality, you got, you know, you got lesser talents, you know, some would argue lesser talents, Lalana, you know, Henderson, even, you know, that he, he stuck with and he persevered with. I know. You know I agree. He was out on loan. Markovic was it wasn't Markovic out on loan when Klopp arrived, but wasn't he like he was he was shipped out and all that summer? Yeah. This first look at him was maybe the following preseason. I just think it was maybe you know it's it's a sliding doors moment that it could have worked out or it might not. Because <laughs> he's more active for pace, and he was despite what our memories would be, he was he was strong enough on the ball. The thing for the thing for me is. The thing for me is, I think he signed to Liverpool in the summer of 2014, right? So he only has 15 months, 15, 16 months under Rodgers. When he, when um, Klopp arrives, it's October 2015, you know, Markovic is well savable. You know, his career is, is, it's not the hardest thing to save Markovic's Liverpool career because he's only had 15 months at Liverpool where you can just turn around and go, listen, forget it. You have a five-year contract. We're going to do A, B, and C. And Klopp loves picking up a player like that and going, listen, you're brilliant. Don't worry about it. We'll show you how it's done. But Klopp, Klopp has two or three looks at him and during pre-season and just never even has any intention of, of trying to do anything with him or introduce him into a side or even try him in a couple of games in a row to see if he could get something. Obviously, they've spotted something really early on. I mean, look, this isn't going to happen. And I think Grizz is spot on. I think it's his own mentality that kills him. Um, the, next, the, ne- the, next, the next player to come up is Iago Aspas. And I'm going to go first on this. I, I felt a bit sorry for him. He came in in a time where... You know, I think he scores on his debut in pre-season away at Preston North End, I think. Um, and people are like, oh, he looks good. He looks good. We He starts the season because Suarez is banned. And he gets a look in and he plays against United in a 1-0 win where Sturridge scores. He plays a different game. But I'll never, ever, ever, ever forgive him for the corner he takes against Chelsea at the cop end. When we're loading the box looking for a equaliser and he passes one to the edge of the box to I think it's Willian or fucking someone like that. Uh, done really well. Um, done really well back in Spain, Celta Vigo. Is he, is he still with Celta Vigo? He might not be. Um, but, but a player again for me that flattered to deceive um, for me will always be remembered for that corner. Uh, Keith, where, where do you stand? Yeah, look I flattered to deceive yeah, it's, it's a hard one because he just didn't get a game. You know, he just didn't get a sniff when he was with us. 
and he was billed. I remember again signing him, and there was good reports that come out, you know, from Celta on him. It was like he's he's a Suarez light, you know what I mean? He's a buzzsaw forward. He, he gets in, he pull wide. Very actually compared um, what I'd seen him being compared to Craig Bellamy. So I thought, right, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. And it just never happened for him. Like, he didn't do a fucking tap for us because he wasn't getting any games. And I think his career since he left us proved that he actually was a good player. I think it's... I agree he'd be remembered for that bleeding corner. Even though he scored... Oh, he missed the penalty, didn't he? That knocked Spain out of... Was it out of the World Cup? Or the Euros, one of them. He missed, he missed the... the penalty that Spain go out in the World Cup 2018 in Russia. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, so he misses the penalty in that game against Russia um, to knock them out, and the corner was still the worst played moment of his career. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate when when you have that. You know what I mean? That you're remembered for one bad bad thing. The only thing you're remembered for is that bad fucking. Mm. Overall, not a bad career in Spain, though. In fairness, like Lately, he yeah. hasn't had um, Chris. What? Yeah, Oyago Aspas. Any any thoughts on him? Yeah, you know, this is going to sound weird, right? But uh, let me give you, try to give some context behind it. You know, he could have been, he could have been the Divokurigi of that era, right? And what I mean by that is, you see, we had a very settled attack even then. The Sterling story, yeah. no one was going to break that, right? Um, the fella, the fella was talented. You could see something about, I like the comparison with Bellamy. And a very, very Aldi Suarez, right? Yeah. Uh, he was, he had, he had, he had the tenacity, but he didn't have the strength of a Bellamy and certainly not a Suarez, who was an absolute fucking ox, right? His protection of the ball wasn't nowhere near as good as Suarez, but saying that he had the movement, he was very nimble, he had the movement, he was very intelligent, off the ball, would get into very, very good positions. Technically, hit and miss, but then you know he was that type of player that was 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 you know he had certain traits that Fowler had as well in terms of you know he he could sniff a goal he could be you know his link up play wasn't the worst. I just think he didn't adapt to the strength and pace of the league, especially as I said that Brendan Rodgers team we had um, you know we had a lot of players that were very good on the break you know. Whereas, whereas Aspas liked to get involved in the play a bit and play a bit of football, do you know? Um, you know, technically wanted to want to get hold of the ball, but we were deadly on the break those days. Do you know what I mean? With Sterling, St- uh, Gerard, Suarez, you know, uh, and uh, Sturridge. So, yeah. Yeah. So he was, again, he would want to drop deep and sort of get into the areas Coutinho was dictating. Do you know what I mean? So he wouldn't be, you know, he wouldn't be involved in the actual attacking impetus. You know, I think, uh, you know, a possibly, you know, bad timing, as you said, Gav, he probably arrived at the wrong time. Um, but yeah, ruined it all by that corner. So any memories mm-hmm. that we would have had sort of fond of him, you know, we, that they automatically gets um, thrown in the bin for that shitty corner, which I saw I was right behind. 
Mm. I've always said it's it's weird how it's weird how you just remember a player for one moment. Owen Borg says Aspas never stood a chance with Sturridge and Suarez in a title chasing team. He could have been a good addition if given a proper chance. He, he and did. it's mad that the following season, like, were well, crying out for a forward and we are playing Balotelli. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. funny how things work. He was already off at that stage. It really is. Danny Emery says you mention his name and you only think of one moment. You absolutely do. Dylan has timed this really well for the next player and the next player is Charlie Adam. And uh, Grace, I'll stay with you on Charlie Adam. Uh, Charlie Adam, uh, Gav, I didn't want him to stop. And, you know, Grace, you need to speak into that microphone much better. Meet me. Yeah, Gav. There you go. That's perfect. Um, Charlie Adam, Gav, I didn't want from the start. Right. Um, um, I thought. I thought I thought he was a, a set piece merchant at Blackpool. I thought Blackpool's game was based around Charlie Adam. Mm. He was the fulcrum, you know. He was the playmaker. Everything went through him. I don't think he had the game to uh, to to sort of carry that on at a club like Liverpool. Um, I thought, you know, I thought it was one of those emotional um, purchases rather than. Our, our scouting network as we know it now in terms of the background and we we check numbers and we check you know absolutely everything about a player i'm sure uh, charlie adams stats wouldn't have held up in the modern game you know uh, in terms of his pressing his running you know and uh, you know so it was i mean he look he uh, technically a, a good player uh, good on the ball had an eye for a pass I think he thought he's way better than he actually was. And uh, I just don't think Liverpool was the club for him. He was never meant to be a, a world-class player, in my opinion, unfortunately. Yeah. He, he is a black belt, Keith. And, you know, we I think we try sign him in the January and it doesn't happen. Um, it falls, it, it, it kind of, the deal collapses at the last minute. And they just talk to the United or into him. And, of course, you have that favourite, famous kind of Fergie quote, which Stephen O'Connor brings up here and says, Charlie Adam has corners worth 10 million alone. And Ferguson said that. Yeah. Uh, Daglish drives to wherever he needs to drive to pick Charlie Adam up to get him to Liverpool to sign. I'm going to be honest about you. Or, or about you. I'm not about you. I'm not going to say anything about you, Keith. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um <laughs> I was excited by it. I, I'm going to be honest about it. Yeah. I, I like. I put it this way: Grizz is right. He he was every, he, everything. Everything our backfield was built around him. You know, they were under the cosh a lot, but he was yeah. able to get hold of the ball. He was good at keeping the ball. He'd annoy for a, a long ball as well to get people in behind and stuff like that. He'd brilliant set pieces. Um, and he scored a fair few goals for Blackpool as well. Decent penalty taker and stuff yeah. like that. But. I was excited by it because I thought, yeah, he's something different. I can see where I could see what that leash was trying to get in, get in there. He was trying to get someone in there that a could hold on to the ball, you know, could distribute really well and could be really good at set pieces. Um, and at that time, we've Andy Carroll still there, you know. So you're looking at set pieces, you know. Yeah, it just it felt. It felt like a sign and where Daglish was trying to piece something together, but it just went badly, badly wrong, you know. It really, really did. Um you know Barry Carr says when Adam Adam was so universally approved by the likes of Mercy and Letizia, it was doomed to fail. Keith, were you excited by it or were you thinking, Oh here for fuck's sake? I was excited. No, I was excited, like yeah. yourself, Gav, to be honest. It was it was it was a very good season at Blackpill. He really he looked um 
you know, he was all that play was going through. And I know they were a, a shitty team and all that, but everything was going through with Charlie Adam. And what they'll get lashed out for this, it reminded me of Alonso, right? Mm. <laughs> Not saying he's anything like Jabby Alonso, but it was that sort of raking passes from midfield, you know what mm. I mean? And it was a sign of the, I'd say it was the likes of Charlie Adam that made Liverpool put in this transfer committee because we spoke about Iago Aspas there a minute ago. Being, and being, him being a transfer committee signing that didn't work out well. Kenny, Kenny's fingerprints were all over these signings that summer. There was Henderson, Adam, Downing. Henderson, Adam, Downing. I think that was, they were all together, weren't they? And it was all down to, you know, delivery, crossing in for Andy Carroll's big mountain head. And it just never worked. It just... He didn't have the the mentality again to play for a big club like that. He didn't look after himself. Yeah, no, he's a fucking mess. Well, it, it, it seems to me that when when Charlie Adam comes to Liverpool and the the early signs aren't too bad, but I think Charlie Adam, you know, I think he's had to be in at Rangers. He goes to Blackpool, and then you know he's at Liverpool. It, it, after a little while, it you know it really looked like this was a player that just thought he'd made it and rested on his laurels. Yeah, you know because. If you if you could get the form that Charlie Adam was in at Blackpool, out of Liverpool, he could do not the same job he'd do at Blackpool, but he'd do something. He would be able to contribute at Liverpool. It just fell away so, so badly. But, look, we'll have to leave it there. Grizz, I'm going to come to you. And um, the, the the last name I remember seeing after uh, Iago Aspas and Charlie Adam was Jack Grealish. It's the first non-Liverpool player we've had tonight. Uh, Grizz, what's your makings on Jack Grealish? Because he's been linked with he's been linked with Liverpool, he's been linked with Arsenal, he's been linked with Spurs. He nearly signed for Spurs, I think. He's been linked with Manchester United in, in the recent past. Jack Grealish, Grizz, um, is he a player where you look and go, yeah, he could, he's probably a top four slash top six player? There's three young um, sort of, you know, kids of the moment that a lot of people are talking about. There's him, there's Madison, and there's Todd Cantwell. Mm. Um, For me, personally, and I've said it all season, I think Grealish is the one for me out of all the three. I know loads like Cantwell and loads like Madison, Mm -hmm. but I think this kid, uh, I think this kid, See, the thing is, I can't say maturity because of the shitty things he does off the pitch or what he done off the pitch, right? Mm -hmm. But on the pitch is all I can talk about because you see him. And the maturity on the pitch he's shown for me compared to when he first uh, arrived uh, in the Premier League, which was probably, Keith will tell me, a few years ago, wasn't it? At least three oh, years ago. Yeah. So he played against us when um, Villa knocked us out of the FA Cup. Like he's in their team a good work. Yeah. So I mean he has matured immensely. I think he's very, very ready for a top top club. For me, I rate him as uh, highly than the other two that I've mentioned. I think he has more impact. I think he's stronger. I think he's more commanding than the other two. Um, he has shown leadership quality in the uh, Aston Villa team. Uh, I think he shows far more leadership quality than the other two as well. Hasn't he been captain a few games? I'm he's sure captain. he has. He's, no, he's, he's Villa's captain. He's captain. Yeah, he oh, he is captain. Villa's captain, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, uh, you know, to make such a, a... Still fairly young, but a young man like that, captain of that team, 
uh, fighting for the relegation. You know, it just shows you, you know, the courage or the trust that the coach has in him. And, you know, you know, that's a decent coach they got over there. You know, he knows uh, he's been, you know, he, he he knows, you know, he's, he's got a lot of experienced players there as well. He's got quite a few older players there as well. But he puts trust in his Jack Grealish. And I think on the pitch, I, I mean, as we said, you know, off the pitch, there's questions about him, etc., etc. But this Jack Grealish is one of those players that I would love. You know, Keith was talking about Markovic, getting hold of Markovic. Grealish is one of those players that I'd mm. love Jurgen Klopp to get hold of. Uh, I rate him very highly, Dan. Okay. Right, very um, highly. Won't, won't, yes, I know, Grace. Would you sign him for Liverpool? Yes, I would. Okay, good stuff. Um, I think he... If you were to sign him, the trouble he gets into may be the fact that he's from Birmingham and he plays for the team in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, there's too many fam- familiar familiar people around him to get him into trouble. I think if he was somewhere else, it might help him. But, I, I think I'd sign him for Liverpool as well. And I think um, I think if Lallana was leaving, I think Grealish might be a brilliant um, addition to the squad um, in, in, in replacing Lallana. But being able to be more... Um, effective and be on the pitch a lot more than Lallana I, I think he's a cracking player although I do really like Todd Cantwell um, I've seen him up close and personal at Liverpool versus Norwich in the first game of the season and really really liked him Madison for me is overblown way overblown um, but that's just my opinion Keith would you sign him for Liverpool what you're making on, on Jack Grealish would you sign him yeah yeah I would yeah yeah, now, I like Jack Grealish. I like Jack Grealish, but I do agree with Riz. I think he's better than James Madison. Madison's all about his set piece delivery, which is excellent. But I think Grealish's play is much better. The comparison with Lalana is very good there because that's who I look at him. He's you'd sign Jack Grealish, and he's a winger, but there's not a chance that he plays on the wing for us. Yeah. So where does he play? You know, uh, you have to find a position and you nearly have to build a team around him. I, would I sign him for Liverpool? You're talking big money as well. You know, I think if you sign him, you're nearly you're talking 70, 75 million to get Jack Reilly. No, 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 no. I mean, especially if they go down, especially if they go down, Keith, you'd, you'd, you'd get Grealish for I'd say 40, 50 million. And I think you get him for cheaper than that. Yeah. Well, well, you wouldn't get him for anything cheaper. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Um, Aston Villa spent 155 million in transfers last summer, and it was quite obvious what yeah. they were doing. They were trying to they were trying to blow a market away where they would it would keep them up, and it's a massive gamble they've paid. They're about two years out of literally going to the wall. They literally went to the wall oh, and, and got away with it about two years ago. Um, they were nearly getting points deductions and everything. Aston Villa have taken a massive massive risk, and I know you probably get 120 million out of the Premier League in parachute payments, but. There's no way in hell Jack Grealish hasn't got a, a clause in his contract that says if if we go down, I can leave for X amount, and there's no way that money is fifty million, in my opinion. Um, we'd all sign him, which is which is interesting. He yeah, he, he kind of plays on that left hand side for Villa, but I like him when he plays in the midfield three, and he drifts left, yeah. and he you know when he gets involved, he the he first is, thing I do, but I'd make him wear proper shin guards because then blade and things he wears now with yeah. head in. Well, the funny thing is, it's only the way he wears his socks. Because if you yeah. actually, no, if you, if you, you, yeah, but but it yeah, but a lot of players do. A lot of players do because if you took their socks down, you would actually see that the shin guards are absolutely tiny. Yeah, Look back at Gerard. Gerard used to take his shin, shin guards off after every game, and they were about fucking six yeah. inches. They were, they were tiny. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. players, like, they, they just want to over the main part of their shin, and they just yeah. for comfort as small as they as they possibly can. It's interesting that we would all sign them yeah. because I think True. I think. It, 
where we spoke about Charlie Adam and says this is just a player that looks like he's made it and fell off, Grealish looks to me like the sort of fella that would thrive on that. And he would, you know, yeah. I'm at Liverpool. Or I think he, I, I think Man United would be absolutely insane not to go out and sign him. That's just my opinion. Um, I think. Well, I think he's, that's where I think he goes. That's, that's where, where I think he, he might goes. end up. I think, and I, think, I think they'd be insane not to do it. But if if Liverpool could yeah. look at it and bring him in, um, and I, I think Klopp could get so much out of him. I, I think he is like Grizz says. He's he's very um responsible on the pitch. He's very mature on the pitch. He holds on to the ball. He has an eye for a pass. He can go past people. He can score goals. He's not afraid to open his mouth. You know he he doesn't shy away. Madison yeah. doesn't take a game by the scruff of the neck whatsoever. It, but games pass him by and he no, may he score. Hasn't a yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, interesting chat on Jack Grealish, and look, it may come up when the transfer window opens, whenever that may be. I'm sure Jack Grealish's name will be bandied around quite a bit. But I, if I was to put money on where he would go, Villiersville, I think United is probably the destination. But I would, I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind seeing Jack Grealish in their squad. Um, one word answer, lads, and one word only. Um, it was a question that might have been from Owen Bork earlier. If I'm wrong on that, I apologise. One word only. Grizz, I come to you first. Werner or Sancho? I don't know what that means. Like, do Werner I want or Sancho? To... No, no, no. One more answer. You can sign Werner or you can sign Sancho. Pick one. Werner. Werner. Um, what are you going for, Keith? I'd go Werner. You go Werner as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I would as well. I'm being honest with you. Um, I think Sancho's a good player. Sancho's a good player, but to me, Werner's more... Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. What we want than what Sancho is. So we go Werner. Mm, there's a lot of talk around <laughs> Sancho at the moment. Uh, United and 120 million and 350 grand a week. And some... Exactly. And that's what well, it'll come down to with him. Uh, it would do. And, but the only thing I would say is people have said it's madness. I think it's actually a really good move for Sancho to United regardless of money and, and wages. Yeah, it's, I, it's a huge team. And he's going to be the superstar. Well, that's, that's the, that's the that big thing have. for me because... I think they're looking for... Now, don't get me wrong. Bruno Fernandes is a really good signer for Manchester United. Rashford, I think, is very, very good. Um, you know, there's holes in the squad. There's no doubt about that. But I think they're looking for somebody to pin their hopes on and be the next big, massive thing. And although Rashford has been at times and Bruno Fernandes had a good start to his United career, although, you know, he scored a couple of penalties, he scored a couple of goals, but you couldn't yeah. have done much worse than what you if were doing. Sancho's, if Sancho's... If Sancho's got anything about him to be the world elite football star he should be and who should become, he will not go to United. He will stay at Dortmund for one more season and then join the Mighty Reds mm. next season. Fair point. And then and no. that will make him that will make him one of the best players in the world. If you go I to don't United, know, I, think. I know, I know we've discussed this off air before. I know we have. We've discussed this. I'm just making it public now. That yeah. <laughs> uh, it will be an awful move for him to go to Man United, and I'm not saying that out of sort of my hatred for Man United or whatever, but I'm just saying it. He should stick it out at Dortmund for one more season, which he's still young. 
Because once he goes to United, he won't end up ever playing for Liverpool. And that would be a mighty shame because yeah. we like him a lot. Our, our scouts, he's one of the top, top, top targets. We've liked him for a, over a year and a half now. And Exactly, but that's all dependent on one of the boys going, isn't it? Well, this is my point. This is why I say yeah. he's one more season at Dortmund, which he's absolutely happy and fine to do. And their club but will love to keep him for another season. Are and you sure? Because season, the impression boom. we get is that he wants to go there. He can stay. Everything you read is he does yeah, this is my point. Then he comes, back in England. Yeah, but this is my point. This is where it comes down to personal, um, you know, personal control of your career. You know, you, yeah. you, you stick it out for one year out of your career and that makes the difference that makes all the difference in my opinion yeah and I mean you say sticking out he's at Dortmund he's not exactly slumming it you know what I mean so yeah, yeah you no can point. say if he has a, if he has his eye on the prize and he's, he wants to go to Liverpool then he might just have a chat and say right oh, it's not going to happen this summer but I'm mean, the number one target for next summer right I'll hang around I agree with you bro you have the flip side of that I think you know United are a huge club they're screaming out for any talent they can get and they've a gaping hole on their right wing, and I think it'll just fit, you know. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. And the money United's will swing it. The money yeah, will from swing United's point of view, from, look, from a United fan and from United's point of view, it would be a stunning coup. But, um, you know, from the player's point of view, and in terms of if he wants to become, because I, I, I genuinely don't think he'll, I think he'll just be another Marshall, Rashford, you know, in that calibre of player where flatters to deceive, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I. 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 Uh, look. I. Uh, I've. I've said it before. I think he's a little bit overrated. I'm on Sancho. I think Werner does an awful lot for us for what we need. If we need him to play a wide and use his pace, if we need him to play a front and use his pace, we can do that. Sancho is Sancho's going to be a wide man. He's not going to play up front for you. Um, but he is from what and listen, he is from what people tell me because I'm not going to pretend I've watched Jaden Sancho more than. And I genuinely haven't watched them more than five times. Um, that's genuine. Um, but from what I've told me, people like Grizz, I've seen a lot of them. I know that lads that I know um, that I've seen a lot of them rave about them. Um, the money thing may come into it. United, look, if the league doesn't get finished, which it won't, it will get finished in my opinion. But if it didn't and United were stuck in the Europa League again, it makes it difficult for them. If the league finishes out and they don't make Champions League, 120 million outlay on a player is still big money for Manchester United. He seems like a good fit for United because he would go there and he would get he would get that superstar worshipping that, that that I think he wants as well as him being ex-Man City and going there a point to prove they'd back him even more because of it. A bit like when Tevez went the other way United to, to City. But we, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but I wouldn't turn either of them down, but if I was to pick one, I think it would be Werner. Um, the last name I seen there was Peter Crouch. Um, very interesting. Uh, Keith, Peter Crouch. Yeah, see, I love all them, right? I love all the You're players. just a lover, you aren't you? You're a lover, You're not a fighter. Big, you know, not, some people are, like, sceptical when someone signs, like, Crouchy. How could you not like Crouchy, right? His, his style of play isn't everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, he was always... A good egg, you know what I mean? He was a nice fella, Peter Crouch. I liked him, and he was something different. Now, he's a bit of a journeyman. He always, I suppose, always was a bit of a journeyman. But when we signed him, I thought, yeah, why not? Do you know what I mean? He'd come off a good season. Was it with Southampton when we signed him? We get him off Southampton. Yeah, we did. 
Um, and he, it was just you're looking at a player who's what six foot seven or something like that, and it's yeah, get him in there. He'll do something for us. So I think we signed him the year we won the Champions League, wasn't it? The summer after that. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, yeah, it was a good a good signing, but. He then took a while then to score, didn't he? He took late in ages to get a goal. Yeah, I think that endeared him more to the squad or to the to the players and and and, and the fans Did because it yeah, because yeah, it wasn't like he wasn't trying and he wasn't putting the effort yeah. in and he wasn't having go with goals and he wasn't a bit unlucky. And when he scores, the players goes mental and Carragher chases him towards the cop end and people are delighted for him. Yeah, and, and we've seen recently with with. with with Crouch that he has said and he said it previously but it's come up again um, in the last week or so that he regrets leaving Liverpool because he looks uh, at 18 he didn't feel he'd get in with Torres and stuff like that and 18 months later he's looking at yeah. David and Gog and Andre Vardin hanging around the yeah. gaff and he's thinking jeez I would have got a game there but I loved him I, I, the idea yeah. of signing him I thought was great it was different Um, you know when you looked at when you looked at what Benitez was trying to build and he did want I, and I genuinely don't I believe this. I think he looked at the likes of Bolton and stuff like that and went, we need to be more physical. And that's why you see Momo Sissoko yeah. arrive and you see um, Crouch come in and he wants to be more physical and he wants to stand up to people. But Crouch just yeah. gets better and better as it goes along. He scores some incredible goals and I think he did leave Liverpool a bit early. Yeah. Uh, somebody says there, Owen Bogue says Crouch has the third best podcast out there. I'd love to know what the two in front of it is because I think his podcast is sensational. Um, Grizz. This one, isn't it? Great. Well, not this one. We're just messing. Um, Grizz, Peter Crouch. Well, when, when when he's when he's because you have to remember, Peter Crouch starts. I think off a QPR. I think he goes to Villa. He goes to. Does he go to? Does he go to Portsmouth? No, sorry, he does. I think he does. He has a stint there. Yeah. No, we think he does QPR. Then he does Villa. Yeah. Then I think he goes to. I think he might be in Norwich at some stage. Norwich is in my head for some. Um, say, Q, say QPR again, Gav. QPR. Oh, you probably say it posh. QPR. Oh, it's proper posh. What anyway. Say, what am I say QPR? No, like you're that. right. You're right. You're All right. right. So he, he goes, he does QPR, he does Villa. I think he then goes to... I think he, he went from QPR to Portsmouth, then Portsmouth, Portsmouth to Villa. Oh, right, to Villa. And then he ends up going from Villa to Southampton. And yeah, then he does. And he had a long spell at Norwich in between. No, I knew there was a Norwich in there. And then he does Liverpool, and then after that, he goes back to Portsmouth. Am I right? And then yeah, Spurs. Right. You know, it, it, he's all over the place. Back to Spurs because he started at Spurs. He started at Spurs. So we two stints at Spurs, two stints at Portsmouth. Yeah, it was mad. Um, but, like I said, big journey, man. Yeah, but I, I just loved him. I loved everything about him. You know, the, the famous line, "What would you be if you wouldn't be a, if you weren't a footballer?" And his answer was a virgin. I just thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, Sorry, the f- again, sort of things that dare people to Peter Crouch, isn't it? Like it's his personality and everything about. It. Like he done that robot dance and all that. And yeah, the whole look, you're gonna. You're gonna players had it done that, he would have slaughtered. Yeah, and then you're, the you're, the goal against is a Galatasaray. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he scores that, and he does another one against Bolton as well. He does similar. Yeah. Um, own walk and have a technical. Sort of 
uh, he scored. Uh, I think he, uh, he scores that against Besiktas. Right? Besiktas, you're right. Besiktas. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, I knew it was Turkish. Um, Look, you've, you've, Ombo- you've sorry, looked, sorry. Ombok, Ombok, and Avo both say the fatback four and the club uh, are the two uh, podcasts ahead of Peter Crouch. They're both the same podcast, lads. Um, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's both. It's, it's all of us. Um, we're not two different podcasts. We're the exact, the exact same podcast. Just a load of messers messing. But if you rate us that highly, I'm absolutely, absolutely delighted. Um, Grizz, Peter Crouch, hit me. Oh, Gav, man, this is, I'm going to feel like a right cunt here because you've bigged him up and you've talked to him. Fucking hate him, don't you? Well, no, I don't. I don't. I absolutely love the man and what he's done in his career and absolutely everything. He's a credit. He's a credit to footballers up and down the country, you know? Mm -hmm. But I hated him as a signing for Liverpool. (laughs) Gav, Gav, no, I've got to be honest, Keith, right? Um, yeah. I, I was I was crying out for pace in that team in that Rafa team. Look, apart from Torres and you know Babu flattered to deceive, and then you know Jermaine Pennant, you know in and around at that period as well. I, I I see what Rafa was trying to do, as you say, but then Zenden, Kite, um, Crouch, Benayoun, that team had no pace. When we signed him, I was like, no, no, no. I wanted you know, uh, a Torres Mark II, so to speak. You know I mean? Easier said than done, obviously. But do you know what I mean in terms of I wanted someone more powerful? I know Crouch is about 8'4", but he wasn't the most powerful. I see, I totally agree. He was trying to make this team more physical and a taller team and sort of more difficult at set pieces, also be more dangerous in the opposition box. And, of course, Crouch gave us that by you know his natural height, but he was an aggressive header. He wasn't aggressive enough striker. You know, he scored some wonderful goals. Don't get me wrong. You think to yourself, wow, how did he manage? You know, we've just discussed the scissor kick. And he scored some wonderful technical goals. But, you know, overall, he wasn't for me. He wasn't my type of striker. And he most certainly wasn't the type of striker Liverpool needed, which was most important for me. I mean, forget our own opinions. Who gives a shit about our type of strikers? But at the time, I thought we needed... Someone lethal, someone pace, you know, pacey, pacier, far more pacier. And when we signed him, I thought, oh god, no. And um, you know, that's about it, really. I'm just, I, I love the, I love the man since then. It's mad, like when he's, he's, he's a credit to the sport. You know, he's an absolute. He comes across as a wonderful human being, but I just don't think Liverpool was the club for him at the time. Okay, um, I'm gonna do some random questions for the last ten minutes. But there's a player keeps popping up here, and I don't know if it's the same person. So put her in, but um, here we go. It's the RB Leipzig centre half, and I'm gonna try to say his name. Oparamakano. Is that his name? Yeah. Is that how it's? Is that how it's said? Is that how it's said? Who's gonna correct you on fucking get? I don't know. They all the lads might on the on the chat. They might go. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, sounds like a biscuit. Um. Grizz, um, this centre half for RB Leipzig seems to be getting a lot of a lot of attention. I suppose I seen him play against Spurs in the Champions League, uh, in the second leg, and he looked really, really good. Having said that, Spurs were appalling. You've seen a bit of him, I presume, because you watch German football quite a lot. What do you make of this fella? He's the bollocks, mate. He's the absolute dog's knackers. He's the he's the one of the best young centre backs in world football, Gav. Left or right, um, centre half play left or right side. He plays left side. Nah, but, fuck him. Um, that's the problem, so the it? But but he's he's an absolute beast. This guy, he's a young Koulibaly man, but better on the yeah. ball. Um, he's got it all, Gav. He's got leadership qualities. At left a young foot. Age. 
He's play. He's play. Yeah, he's left footed. Okay. Uh, but he's very. He's, he's, he's very. He can play with his right foot as well. I've seen him play. You know, passes with his right foot. He's not. You know, he's not. Koulibaly's exclusively left footed, right? Um, you know, Laporte is exclusively left footed. This guy, you know, is fairly two footed. Um, I think. I think whoever gets him, and I don't think it's going to be Yas or anything, but whoever gets him is is is, is going to get the best. One of the best centre halves in, in in world football, if not next season, but in, within the next two seasons. Okay, um, Dylan O'Rourke put up a question there earlier um, about a minute or two ago. It's definitely something to do with field. So, Dylan, if you can just copy and paste that back on, and I'll ask that before we finish because people are replying to it, and I'd like to get have my chance to reply to you. It definitely, if it's about field and possibly about sausage you put on field. So, um, you have the right people here. Definitely Grizz. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. he just puts cabbage water over everything, so we, know, we, don't, know what, <laughs> we don't know what we get out of him. Um, the last pair, the last pair, the last pair I'm going to go to, and there's been loads of players thrown in. Kevin Sullivan says Diego Carlos has been linked this week. Could be interesting. I don't know who yeah. he is. Kev also said that he, he always wanted us to sign uh, Jermaine Defoe. I was a bit on that bandwagon as well at Big times. Time. Uh, Big time. Uh, I thought just bashing goals in at the cup end, I thought Defoe would have been made Big for it. Big time. But oh, the, yeah, the Darren Bent was the same mould as well. Darren, ben, Darren Bent was yeah. never in the league that Jermaine Defoe was in. Not even fucking close. Well, but I know, but they were always linked. Yeah. They I were always linked. I get, I, get what I get what you're going with. Right, the last pair I'm going to go with before Dylan possibly, um, you know, copy and paste this question back onto the screen. Uh, on Otherwise, I'm going to have to tell <laughs> Neve. Um, and we'll, we'll have to out him. Oh, I have it, I have it. Jesus, the minute you mention his girlfriend and I'm threatening him with his girlfriend, he has it straight up. The question is, every dinner for the rest of your life has to be covered in one sauce. What sauce are you choosing? Don't answer that yet because the last pair I want to talk about was Harry Keel. Now, I'm going to go first and Harry Keel. I was fucking thrilled when we signed Harry Keel, especially when we robbed him off Leeds for about five million quid. I thought, oh, what a player. No, 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 he wasn't. He, he had a clause in his contract. Um, I don't know whether they went down that season. I think they did. 2003, I think it was. And I think he went down that season. Um, it was 2003. And he had a clause there that Leeds, I think, tried to hide. Um, but Liverpool got him for five million. And there was, there was literally a build up to this as to who's he going to sign for. Is it Arsenal? You know, like is it? There was a proper lead up to it. Um, and he, 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 he goes and he signs to Liverpool and I just thought, what a player. He was flying for leads. He was bashing in goals. He was lashing them in 25 yards. Brilliant left foot. He's going to be amazing at Liverpool. And he is by far and away one of the most underwhelming players I have ever seen play for Liverpool. And Danny Emery says, he agrees with me, he thought Keel was the final piece of the jigsaw. Um, just everything about him. I was just so fucking excited for him. I hung me hat on Harry Keel and he was so fucking poor. Um, bar probably the first six months of Liverpool career. He was so poor. So, so poor. Keith, did he let you down as much as he let me down? He did. He did. I remember at the time and he'd fallen out at Leeds, didn't he? He was, um, he was, was he training on his own or he was, he was something that happened at the end of his time. But he done that whole fucking decision thing. That's why I thought it was a Bosman where he, he said who he was going to sign no, for. No, so it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. He did. He done it on late no, Australian no, television. He did. He did do that, but it wasn't a free. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was five. No, no, that's, what I'm that's why I thought it was a free. That's yeah. why I thought it was a free. So, yeah, right. Yeah, it was, must have been a transfer. But that's why I was sort of thinking it must have been a bleeding. Uh, 
it must have been a freebie in that. But the, the, the hype of, of Harry Kewell, I've very rarely been more excited about getting a player than I was him. And it's the age-old story with how many players can we say that Liverpool signed and don't fuck all because of injuries? Mm. Do you know what I mean? He's another one that we hung a hat on. Got the number seven jersey. Do you know what I mean? Iconic number. Yeah. Own book, own book, own book, own book. Reckons it's all down to when he grew the ponytail. Um, Abo <laughs> says the best thing Harry Kewell done was get injured in the 2005 Champions League final, and Vladimir Smitsar came on. Uh, Barry Devon, he says Rafa loved him. Very injury prone for us, though. Never yeah. seen the best of him. Grizz, he scores in the Merseyside derby um, in his, his debut yeah. season in a three. I want to say a three-one win away at Everton. It might have been the one where. Gerard bashes the one across goal. I am um, own scores as well, and I think he'll gets a tort. But um, it might be in the wrong game because I, I can vision Risa going through as well. But that's much earlier. Um, but Grizz, you had to be excited when we signed him because, like Leeds were terrible, and he was still. Don't he beat Arsenal in two thousand and three, and their Arsenal in a tight run in, and he he scores a him and Viduka. And he scores a brilliant goal at Arsenal to give Leeds a win. And I think a hands United a title on the same day. Um, he was brilliant, Chris, for Leeds. Brilliant. I, 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 I was convinced that this is, this is it. Mm. I, I, I really thought that whoever he signs for will win the league. Mm. That's how good I rated him at the time. Mm. He was a wonderful footballer, an absolute athlete, a thoroughbred of a winger. Mm. You're talking Gareth Bale, Ryan Giggs caliber. Mm. This guy had it all. He could run all day. He had strength. He was brilliant in the air. You know, he, he could strike a ball. Yeah, Everything he was about him. Yeah. Oh, he was so superb in the air. And you and I thought to myself, whoever he signs for, I, I remember, you know, that was one of the few times where you know, Sky Sports really, really earned their money. They, it was brilliant climax. It was a, it was a, the climax to it all. The decision, Harry Q. No one knew that week who he's going to sign for. I didn't have no sources at the time to help me. There was absolutely no, you know, no sign of where is Harry Q. going to go. But when he chose, when he came out and he chose Liverpool, when he came out and he chose Liverpool, I tell you what, I was chuffed to bits. I thought. Yes, I, I celebrated like we're going to win the league. Yeah. I was convinced yeah. I was telling all my mates, we've got Harry Kiel. That's exactly what we needed. It's the league is ours. And as you said, one of the most tragic, one of the most tragic cases of injuries, Keith, as Keith says, is, is fucking mental, man. How many players that, you know, didn't put, you know, fully sort of fulfill their potential with us because of injuries you know, or, or cumulative injuries or a serious injury. With him, I think it was just non-stop, wasn't it? It was just, uh, yeah. you know, non-stop back, hamstring, you mm, name yeah. it. He, he literally, he turns up at Liverpool and he looks the part. And then about eight months in, he starts getting, he puts on weight. He looks slower. Yeah. Um, the boots he's wearing, even his boots looked fucking awful. He grows a <laughs> ponytail. It's just not fucking happening. And um, I, I just, 
it really fucking annoyed me that he stayed at Liverpool till about 2007. You know, like he gets four years at Liverpool and he should have been fucked out the door after about 18 months. Let's be honest about it. Um, Owen Bogue said it must have been a relative of Michael Edwards who found that five million release clause. I'd say it was either that or a relation of Colombo or, or um, a touch of frost or I don't know, Morse. I don't know who, um, who he was a relative of. Um, Kevin Sullivan says Diego Carlos is a centre half at Sevilla 27 yeah. and we're favourites to sign him ahead of the big two in Spain. I haven't even seen yeah, that. The 70 million. 70 million buyout clause or something Diego Carlos has. He's a fucking flyer. Absolute greyhound of a centre-half. That, that clause if, uh, will definitely, definitely come down now because of the coronavirus. Yeah. But again, yeah. another superb, superb centre-back. Well, I He'll don't know anything about to a big club. Didn't even know he played football. Um, all I thought of when I seen the name Diego Carlos was uh, that free kick that Roberto Carlos scored. You thought in, you thought in, 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 in Latour Noir. That's being honest with you. Uh, Avo says he's been watching a thing on the History Channel, Kings of Pain. A pair of knob heads getting bit on purpose by the world's dangerous things. What a pair of bell ends. Yeah, sounds great. Um, well, I'm I'm um, onto the series three of Ozark tonight. But sorry, the last question before we go, um, Grizz. You have to eat one sauce on all your food for the rest of your life. What sauce are you going with? Now, Dylan would like you to take into consideration that you're going to be eating chicken, beef, fish, rice, you know, chips, whatever you want to eat. So, Grizz, give me a sauce. Oh, this is a, this is a you know, the easy answer is ketchup because you can put ketchup with everything. Yeah. But in the last two years, I've developed uh, a craving mm. and a need for sticky barbecue sauce. Oh. Oh. Sticky right. barbecue. Mm. I tell you, because I came across it quite. Is that in a bottle? Like you, you know, I, I I get it in the in the in the two point two five liter sort of two and a half liters of uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I don't fuck about Gav. I don't fuck about <laughs> what is it? Is that, have you got it on tap in the kitchen? Well, it's not two and a half liter. It's two point two five. Oh liter. yeah, well, so well, sorry, right. we're splitting hairs. Right. But the thing is, like, have you got this? Have you got this mounted on the wall? Like, you know, like a, a hand dryer in a toilet. Is this just? It's just just a big massive yeah. thing that you just press a button and just smudge your gear in it and you walk no, off. But to make motion sensor to make life easier for the family and the kids and everything, I have squeezed it into normal bottles. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> what did you do? Did you sit down one night and squeeze it up the big bottle into I small make, bottles? You make a hole in it and then you just squeeze into Yeah, you just make it, you make a, um, a hole in the, in the carton and then you just squeeze it out or pour it out because it comes out really slowly, sticky, remember? Yeah. It's not your normal runny sauce. And it's not runny. It's not runny. It's not runny. It's not a fucking hope in hell, right? Then you know, let, James now, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. There's not a fucking hope in hell for anyone listening to this or watching it or listening later on when I put it out for download, right? There's not a yeah. chance in hell that Grizz Khan, right? Uh, yeah. The famous Grizz Khan has sat down at a dining room yeah. or kitchen table, right? Took yeah. out a 2.25 litre of sticky barbecue sauce, right? Pierced the yeah. hole in the side of it and went and found himself empty bottles to squeeze this stuff in. Uh, like, de- he's decantering fucking sticky barbecue sauce, right? There's not a chance, Grizz, does it? Grizz, you, tell us the truth. Grizz, Grizz, I'll tell you what happened. You went out. Oh, yeah. seen, oh, no, he, he went out. This is what happened, right? Don't even worry about it, Keith. He went out. I hate when he, he does this. Right? He went out and he <laughs> bought a two point. He's seen a 2.25 litre thing of sticky barbecue sauce. He thought yeah. to himself, I can't buy that because Sharon. Lions. Sharon will right, go. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Sh- he says, I can't buy that because Sharon will tell me I'm fucking ridiculous when I go home. So what I'll do is 
like the last time when I bought all that ice cream, I will tell her that um that the shop is actually closing down and they have to get rid of this stuff, right? Um, remember the time you bought a pallet of ice cream? Yeah, I do too. So <laughs> then what he said was, I know what I'll do. I'll fucking get a lot of empty bottles and I'll bring them home and go, listen, it makes fucking sense if we just squeeze this into this and we'll have sticky barbecue sauce for ages. You've seen a deal on this gear. You've seen a deal on this gear and you went for it. Be honest. Ideally, who doesn't want in a bottle form? We all want, right? We all want sauce in a bottle form so it's nice and easy to pour on. Mm. But unfortunately, there are some things that you can't have in life. Sticky barbecue sauce, please, if there's any listeners out there, it only comes in two liter bottles. Please explain to you, Gav, that they only come in 2.225 Okay. I'm, I'm, right? Listen, I wasn't planning on going out tomorrow, right? But I am yeah. going to go to the local supermarket tomorrow. And Please, I am be go- safe, Gav. And I be am, safe. I am, I, listen, I'll smoke in the supermarket. I'll do what the fuck I want. All rules. Oh, everything's, everything's gone now, right? So <laughs> I'm going to go down and I'm going to start taking pictures of sticky barbecue sauce in bottles that are fucking... You won't much, get it. I will. And they'll be much smaller than 2.25 litres. You right? won't get it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan has just... from the main account if you get it. Dil, I will. And Dylan has just simply put in um, <laughs> two words, Aldi Paint. <laughs> and uh, Aldi Paint was an absolute classic. But um, so he's gone for sticky barbecue uh, sauce because he can't yeah. go for anything else. It's the only fucking thing he has in his house. He needs a plan of permission to bring it in. So, Keith, <laughs> what, what sauce are you going for? I'm going for curry sauce. On everything. Yeah, On everything. So you're doing around Chicken, steak, boy, fish, chips, steak, everything. Oh, that's such curry. an Irish show. Yeah, mm. curry sauce. Curry sauce because you can't have like ketchup on certain things. You can't have it on rice. No, you can't. Curry you can have on anything. Fish. Yeah, yeah, fish. I love getting fish and chips in the chip and lashing a club of curry sauce mm. on it. Fantastic. I'm gonna go with a garlic sauce. Garlic. Yeah. It's a safe option, isn't it? That's that's so gavin. That is such a that's such a Gavin Doyle shout. Yeah, well, who's Colin. never tried Indian food, who's never tried any other <laughs> fucking racist food, right? That's such a Gavin Doyle, just garlic's fucking sauce. Well, to be honest with you, I've never tried Indian food. I'm being that's genuine. I You've eat never Chinese. Tried, you don't you don't like fucking fried chicken. I don't know. Like I don't. I I I eat fried chicken if it's um boneless. Boneless. I don't eat chicken on the bone. Look at this, Keith. Are so you I'm listening not, to this? I'm not being racist towards oh, any chickens here. Keith, this is mad. <laughs> this guy literally has fucking garlic sauce and chips and eggs. That's, that's what <laughs> no, he has. it's not like that at all. <laughs> I've tried Thai once, and that was only because it was at a Christmas deal when they booked the Thai restaurant. And... Um, well, after this cross, oh, no, you, you ain't trying anything oriental. <laughs> I had a Chinese the other night. It was lovely. The fella, the fella, the fella, the fella that delivered the hat gloves on and all. Goalkeeper. Now, in fairness, they were goalkeeper gloves, so I don't know how sanitary they were. He turned, up, he turned up with Peter Schmeichel's gloves on him and handed the bag over. Um, but uh, I've never tried an Indian. I've eaten Thai once. I like Chinese. Um, Italian restaurants are fucking boring. Um, See what I'm saying? You know, yeah, I know we're going with. We're going, we're going to egg and chips, aren't we? He's swinging it around. I've tried, I've tried. 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 I've
and another little bottle of coke on top. <laughs> what Can cupboard is he keeping? In? He's not keeping it in a note. cupboard. He's not keeping it in a cupboard. This is fucking planted on the wall, like um, like you know the hand sanitizers used to be, or the hand dryers in the toilet. <laughs> this is screwed to the wall. Do you know what I mean? He just fucking hits a button and it just dispenses until he hits the button to stop. Uh, David Lennon is, is appalled by the looks of it that I've never tried in Indian. He said a green Thai curry is absolutely it, awesome. Yeah. I've never eaten it. Um, had to build a new Get kitchen to put. Uh, own book reckons Grizz had to build a new kitchen to put the sticky barbecue sauce into a cupboard. Could you imagine if he does go to get a new kitchen, right? And they go, well, what presses do you want? And where do you want the dishwasher on? And he goes, well, hold on. Where's the sticky barbecue thing? Oh, we need, you'll have to take that press out and we'll have to put this in. So it's, it's insane. Um, but I think the freezer for the ice cream and a drawer oh, for the, the ice cream. And for anyone who doesn't know the ice cream story, right? And um, look, we're, we're here now, so we might as well tell it. So Grizz, Grizz, um, tells me, Grizz keeps showing me pictures of ice cream. Like double decker, um, Aero, Magnum, Magnum, loads of it. And I was like, where the fuck's he getting all this? So, listen, me and Grizz's wife get on really well and we like laughing at Grizz. So, I said, where the fuck's he getting all this ice cream from? She sent me a picture and I'm not messing, I wish I still had it. I don't think I have it still on my phone. And it's literally two massive freezers of ice cream packed. And I said, what the fuck is going on? And Grizz's excuse was the shop down the road. Cool. The co-op was closing down. It was close. Well, it's a shop. You buy stuff in it. It Was closing down, and he got a deal on this ice cream, so he bought it all right. But about three months (laughs) ago, as you do, about three months ago, he said to me, probably less. He said to me, "I have to go down the co-op. They're doing that deal on the ice cream again." I said, "Hold on, are you telling me that the co-op closed? You bought all the ice cream out them? They reopened." Right, and then they decided they're gonna close again. So you're going down to buy all the ice cream because Chris is fucking insane. He's the, probably my favorite person in the whole world. But if you're ever stuck for ice cream, um, Chris, you surely Pop have round. some left, have you? Yeah, a couple of tubs. Couple of tubs. COVID, man, fucking lockdown. This was like, this was like, this was like opening the back of a container, and instead of finding refugees in it, you just found ice cream <laughs> from front to back. It was, a, it was like a forty foot lorry of ice cream, and Grace just had a pipe going in with cold air on it. It was mad. I know, mad too. Double-decker ice cream, curly-whirly ice cream. Oh, it was oh, magic to show you. Unbelievable it was. It was one of my favourite stories. Um, but it was absolutely brilliant. So Grizz is going with the sticky barbecue. Keith is going with the curry sauce. And I'm going with the garlic sauce. I really enjoyed this show, talking about all those players and then having the crack at the end. Um, let me see. Let me see. D- Dylan says, I can picture. The- <laughs> he can picture, you know, the office water dispensers, Grizz, where the big bottles sit into the machine. <laughs> Just full of just full of uh, barbecue sauce. The thing so, is, um, the thing is, none of these ideas look. None of these ideas would work because I keep reiterating and I keep repeating. It's not a runny sauce. It's sticky barbecue sauce. Yeah. So you've yeah. got to you got to take your time with it. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, it's absolutely amazing. If nothing, if nothing else, if nothing else, you've learned that um, instead of just going down and buying a bottle of sauce, Grizz goes out and buys like you can't get it. Literally, Grizz any had, pictures, any Grizz, tweets, send Grizz. them in, please. You cannot get sticky barbecue sauce in your conventional <laughs> sauce bowl. Grizz had to clear the boot with the car just to put this fucking sauce in the back to bring it home. Does the, the toy that contain the whole body parts in? Uh, there's a spare. There's, there's a spare <laughs> wheel. There's a spare wheel, a jack, a wheel brace. And um, and a high vis and a safety kit sitting outside and as somewhere because Grizz found two point two five liters of sticky barbecue sauce. Um, 
Listen, it's been it's been a brilliant show. Before we go though, um as I always say, if you're on Twitter, please follow us, please share the share the broadcast. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to us, like the videos, hit the bell icon so you know when we go live. Hot mic is a new thing we're doing. Go to hotmic.io, sign up there using your email and a password that you want to set up and use the invite code LFCDT. Um some of our shows will be on there. We are the only Massive Liverpool podcast out there that's completely free. That's the that's an absolute fact, um, and we we'll always keep it that way. But we need your support. We need you getting in here, giving your opinions. Like tonight, where your opinions were absolutely made the show from start to finish. Tomorrow we're recording a show which is a little bit different. Um, we are going to basically get trippers that have been from the start right to now. Because over the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of people ask me. Where's that fella gone? Where's this fella gone? What are you about? When did you start? We get this all the time. We decided, look, um, we, we're going to get a crew together. And we're going to try to explain this from 2012-13 right up to the present day. The best stories, the best podcasts that they've done. Um, I'm, only, I'm only doing it three years, but the, the best podcasts they've done, the best stories that's being told on podcasts, where it started, how it started, how it progressed. So far, I think Phil will be on, Andy will be on, uh, Steve, Steve Daly will be on, uh, Trev will be on, uh, Neil O'Gray will be on. Um, we're trying to get Paul Brennan, but he's extremely hard to get simply because he keeps telling everybody he's dead. And, um, I'll be on, and I know Ray Brady be on, and I know Paddy Lawson will be on. So there's loads of people on tomorrow night. We're recording tomorrow night. It will not be live because we'd be shut down if we went with that group of people and tried to do a live podcast. It would not end well. So we're going to record it and we're going to release it for you probably tomorrow night or into Saturday morning. Okay. Uh, Keith, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Gav. No problem at all. You, we don't have you anymore. You're just here. Um, yeah. You're just here. You're you're the co-host. Um, Grizz, thanks a million. Uh, the barbecue sticky sauce. Just listen, there's no better well, value man. in the podcast world than Grizz can, as far as I'm concerned. Thanks yeah. a million for joining us, Grizz. No problem, pal. No problem. Good stuff. That's been the Fatback Four Daily. I hope you enjoyed it. You've been absolutely amazing. All the people with their... Um, with their suggestions on players and stuff like that. As I said, that podcast will be recorded tonight, tomorrow night and out as soon as possible for you. And look, we'll try to keep the content going. Stay at home, stay safe, look after your loved ones. And uh, look, this will be over before you know it. And the main thing is Liverpool will be champions. Over and out. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the Stretch and Flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.